online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. Hello, love you. You are listening to Russell Brand live on BBC Radio 2. That was, of course, The Doors. Hello, I love you. Some of you will know that that was from the soundtrack of the film Platoon. The reason I've played that is so I can say this now. Oliver Stone, the great film director and writer, will be coming on the show later on. And so will a whole host of people, including gorgeous Kelly Brook when she gets off the stage in her play Fat Cow or Daft Pig or Soppy Sod or Big Bum or whatever it's called. She'll be coming on the phone. And Dizzy Rascal, who Jonathan Ross dared to strike up a friendship with that is about to be usurped by his presence here. So Dizzy Rascal, Kelly Brook, Oliver Stone, how can you improve on perfection? There's only one way, and that way is Simon Amstel. Simon Amstel hosting the show with me. Hello, Simon. Hello, Russell. How lovely you look today. Really? How pleasant you are in general as a person. What a joy to be with you. Uh, thank you very much. You, like me, are a man who is after a bit of the old spiritual enlightenment. Yeah, I was talking to your friend Mr. G the other Poet day. Poet Laureate of the show, who will summarise the show at the end of it with a brilliant poem straight at the brain. He yeah. said that we'll never be happy if we constantly seek the validation of others. G, you're fired. We need the validation <laughs> of others. This society is built on good old validation from others. Oh, the others. <laughs> well, yeah, no, he's, you've got to find happy. I was touching my nipples. Yes, seeking self-validation. Do you, do you want Simon, me to do that? If you learned, like for the radio, if people, if you're, oh, they're doing it again. He's touching both nipples. Yeah, I'd like you commentating can... on me as if I'm a phenomena, oh. like as if I'm the weather <laughs> or something. Oh, there's and we can just see Russell Brand there, just touching his nipples. He's in his natural environment. Uh, Obviously, yeah, and it'd be interesting to see how my body language changes because... Uh, it will like, be interesting, won't it? Well, it's going to be great for the listeners because, like, when Kelly Brooks on the line, I'm going to be feeling super randy. When Diddy Rascal's in, I'll obviously be trying to impress him and win his friendship. When Oliver Stone is here... I'll be trying to get him to make once more the comparison, <clears throat> excuse me, to me that he made uh, between me and old Jim Morrison. You remind me of Morrison, he said. Either that or you remind me I must go to Morrison's. <laughs> one of those two things he said, and whichever one it was, you can't help but thinking I'm a new messianic figure. We have to know that the Daily Mail, no, the Mail on Sunday are listening to the show now <laughs> in the vain hope of augmenting a piece they're writing about last week's fantastic, fun-filled, action-packed super show with Jonathan Ross, one of the great broadcasters on our dirty little circle of a planet and I'd like to take this opportunity to issue a personal Russell Brand apology to Andrew Sachs the great comic actor who played Manuel for a message that Jonathan and I left on his answer phone but it was quite funny but sometimes you mustn't swear on someone's answer phone and that's why I'd like to apologize personally what do you think about that Simon diplomatic wasn't it I think well, you did a very good job then and and to the Daily Mail from me I'd say I hate uh ethnic minorities. That's right! So and they'll, <laughs> they'll like that, right? Any, and well, they, and my programme's on Thursdays. <laughs> I'd BBC like to remind uh, the, the Daily Mail that, uh, like, you know, whilst it is a bit bad to leave a swear word on Andrew Sachs' uh, answer phone, what's worse, leaving a swear word on Andrew Sachs' answer phone or tacitly supporting Adolf Hitler hmm. when he began, when he took charge of the Third Reich in the, when he became Chancellor in the old late 30s, the Daily Mail went, they printed a letter from a lord going, this Hitler, he might be alright. And once old Blackshirt Oswald Mosley came to prominence in this country, the Daily Mail went, hurrah for our Blackshirted chums. So they never upset Manuel. 
And no! That's the, uh, that's the difference. That's right. On one hand, you have upset Manuel. On the other hand, you have millions and millions of dead people supported by a powerful <laughs> media institution. It's up to you, the listener, to decide. Text us which is worse, <laughs> offending Manuel, for which I apologise, or is it worse to tacitly support the deaths of millions? That's up to you. You can text us on 88291, or you can email russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. What a fabulous show we have in store. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Dizzy and uh, make it, because I'm calling him Dizzy now. Last week I made much Simon of calling him Disney Rascal, sort of as a oh, joke. Yeah, that's good, yep. Good, isn't it? That's, uh, uh, that's... like um, uh, mm. DreamWorks no, I Kanye don't... West. <laughs> no, I don't know, because yeah, there's no what's the, the pun. Yeah, that. there isn't one. Well, fair enough. You'll, yeah. You go onwards, though, with that. That's quite good. It's good that you're contributing. Uh, uh, some... Pixar Diddy. No, yep. I'd go uh, yep. Pixar, uh, the Pixars instead of the Pixies, maybe. Yep. I yep. don't know. And certainly it's more traditional. <laughs> well, my joke. Yeah. Well, I'm very it's traditional. A... I'm trying to appeal to the Daily Mail. I've got some lovely stuff in a minute that's going to blow your mind. Um, okay, hold on. So we did the Buzzcocks, your brilliant television show that's on Thursday nights, as I understand. Yeah, you're very good on it. Thank you. That's what we're I mean, not, but that's, that's an understatement, in fact. Bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant. What about that? Good. I keep going, though. Uh, the, the best, uh, the best. Guest there's ever been, including Stephen Fry. Was I was going to do the earlier. best, it's just those two words, just the best. The best. Thanks. I'd enjoyed being on it. You were very lovely to me. That was surprising. Yeah, Did well, victimise some of the other guests so people, it's fans, not, no, get what they want. It's a bit cheeky. I was a bit cheeky. I, know, I do admire you, Simon, because I like, you know, me, I, my craving to be, as Mr. G said, you know, don't seek approval from outside forces or mm. sources. Don't try and get happy from the outside in, but from the inside out, speak, uh, seeking enlightenment through your own spirit. That's what G would tell you. Uh, but I would say, make everyone like you if you can. But well, do try it's, from, it's coming from the same place of wanting validation, but I always feel the people at home will be thinking, oh, there's whoever it is sat there. Mm. I, I don't like them because of this reason. I feel I have to be a You're voice for that. that. I'm voicing that. Although, I don't really, to be honest... You don't care. I don't. I used to care a lot more. And, mm. and now, since, since uh, I don't know, so Popball, we used to feel like it was really important to sort of, you know, tackle celebrity and, you know, burst the Bring bubble. It down. And, you know, and, and now I just feel like, oh, you know, I could just turn off the TV and go to Thailand and meditate a bit more. Right. I don't, it, it doesn't do matter. That. So I don't know how long I can Thailand. do and we could just turn off the TV. We don't even turn off the TV. We could turn the sound down and meditate in front of the TV. We were talking to Oliver Stone, the great film director. Good guess this about week. About spiritual huh? practice, right? When I was on this last time, you had Pete Waterman, some from Grange Hill. What's happened? Well, the show is rocketing as a result of your appearances, Simon. You've turned be. a nation onto the Russell Brand show. And these are just some of the emails we've received this week. This one is Russell's from... now holding mm? paper. Ah, thank you. Thank you very much, Simon. That's very professional. We are live. If you want to get involved, russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. This person has done just as much. They're called Louise. Hi, Russell and everyone there. I went to your book signing on Wednesday for your new book, Articles of Faith. I enjoyed it immensely. I met you afterwards where I cheekily asked for a kiss. You kissed me on the mouth and in my excitement, when my boyfriend sent an email saying, how did the book signing go? Instead of saying, oh, okay, I sent this. Oh my gosh, yeah, I went to his book signing. This is quoting from the email. Oh my gosh, yeah, I went to a book signing after work as I had nothing better to do. Sad little me, that's in uh, parenthesis, and met him, talked to him, and was even kissed by him. He stared into my eyes and said, well, don't you have a lovely way about you and kissed me on the mouth. I buckled. Buckled, I tell ya. And I realised as, as my boyfriend, this is nowhere as thrilling, this is still the email to the boyfriend, still nowhere near as thrilling for you as it was for me, but it's okay because he's not another man, he's a celebrity. Look at that. Flattering yet emasculating all hmm. at once. But the main yeah. point there is that you have a book out. Well, yes. No, if, I mean, if you didn't pick up on Articles of Faith being out, oh, have you been living in a cave? A compilation <laughs> of my Guardian columns soaring to the top. Excellent interviews with Noel Gallagher, David 
ideal fantastic product ideal gift for any sort of reason really just perhaps to cheer someone up perhaps you could cheer up you know uh, perhaps you're a journalist at the daily mail and you want to cheer yourself up a bit by articles of faith or or, or induce a rape crime rape, race crime rather i tried to have a go at the daily mail <laughs> and i said rate rather than race it's a shame when attacking uh, the old mail oh, make no. sure you enunciate but there will be other opportunities for you to have a go at all sorts of newspapers mind you there's just the newspaper trying their best they did the right thing around stephen lawrence let's always remember they did that so you know they've got that in their corner they can they and eventually to... they'll be obsolete because of your paper no one needs paper anymore no one needs paper anymore and it's a with, ticking with clock with the credit crunch no one will buy paper people don't want paper there's credit crunched up all over the shop it's chaos well i'd like to say uh, thank you uh, uh louise for sending us that email and do work on your relationship because uh, you can't live in the realm of fantasy there can you uh, that you know particularly she's got a boyfriend there's no sense pursuing a relationship with me is there simon not a relationship no not a relationship or define relationship if you mean casual sexual encounter briskly taking place in a vestibule go for the, go for the stars head for the moon you know you might get what you want although you simon are prepared to uh, you're pursuing a slightly different lifestyle as a result of my friendship is that not fair to say you you suggested to me that i should have a bit more fun and i am trying my best well you're doing well i thought well, after we picked up that lad and i'm sorry to <laughs> use this literal language what, what? on Hampstead heath I don't know it was what in the daytime it was in the daytime we weren't cottaging but I don't know we, what you're talking about we were simon and i, I went for a stroll we didn't go for a stroll we've never been for a stroll i've never strolled we were strolling i, I walk or i run i don't <laughs> We I meandered, sauntered. I mean, we know there was no pace about it. Nothing him. has ever happened. We're, don't talk about that. Don't talk about me and my life. Your mum already knows. My mum doesn't know anything. I'm a recluse. I stay in. I watch this morning. When you're not hosting pop quizzes, or turning up on your chums' radio show, yeah. or trawling the heath for talent, <laughs> it's Simon Amberstall, the love of all recluse. All right, you didn't do that. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Fair enough. Nothing. There was no uh, nothing. Okay, certainly no sexual oh activity to be condemned for. Let's, don't talk about that. Fair enough, that's all right. <laughs> move on. Hey, look at this lovely thing from Emma Wade in Pearly. When the she... Daily Mail are listening, that's all they need. <laughs> the end of you, mate, in their eyes. They'll never vote for none of your TV shows. Gosh. I had you pegged for a future star, but look at this shambles. This is from Emma Wade. Last... Is this about your book? Uh, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much my book. More, uh, but, well, it's, it doesn't mention Ponderland. It's going to be on Channel 4 next Thursday at 10.30. After your brilliant show, actually, Buzzcocks. Which yeah, you'll be on TV twice that night unbelievable oh my goodness and yet it's never enough it isn't enough never enough that's like why it's like the sex nope you can't get enough of the old sex all i say about it is this mm, what? what i found was that pursuing a lifestyle similar to yours it is fun it's fun for a minute and then you realize oh god i need more yes i need more of this more. i was happy just being alone and now i need all of it all the time <laughs> i'm sorry simon we've opened a pandora's box of love for you love and casual sex it's the not best good. kind of i sex. think i'm just gonna go to heroin yeah, give it a well, heroin's bad, don't take heroin, no, very, no. very bad for you, unless you've got really strong... No, under no circumstances <laughs> take heroin. I a can't strong think of what, a reason. A Constitution. Strong... Oh, right. I read something the other day, he was saying about like someone that was, whose uh, parent was receiving morphine in, the, in their decline as they were dying, mm. and they said that watching that person taking morphine made them realise that anyone that ever took heroin for any other reason other than medication when they were terminally ill was a right idiot and really mm. condemned them. Oh. And I thought, well, you know, addiction is, is actually a legitimate disease. No one goes, I think I should be a penniless, homeless, heroin-addicted bum now for a laugh in spite of what the daily mail might say do you remember me reading to kill a mockingbird at school and that yes, mrs dubose tried to get off more was it morphine she tried to get off morphine before she well, died she wasn't a very important character i was more in a beau radley scout who's this one mrs dubose she was some sort of example what of did you 
tend towards I her. Didn't, I didn't even read it. I read the Let's Revision Guide, but she was <laughs> she was in it. Right, and okay. they got her off morphine before she died. And I oh, thought, well, right. why bother? Just yeah, you're die dying. on morphine, you're dying. It's ridiculous. But then my mum, when she was in hospital with cancer, had to yeah. have some morphine. She said it, she didn't like it. I said, you're a bit oh. ungrateful, love. <laughs> Cheer up. It's nice. Free morphine, straight up your arm. You're good with cancer, aren't you? The, uh, that what do kid. you mean, good with they it? You're good, that kid. Like cancer, I'm... you were good with that kid. Yeah, the young Liam. Well, it's more. You should do more about cancer. I liked his personality. You know, I, liked, I was very sorry about the cancer, as a matter of fact, but mm. he's got such good spirit, that lad, which reminds me that another lad I met at the Pride of Britain, Ricky, can't remember Ricky's surname, but he does that, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of his charity or anything. I'm so rubbish at broadcasting. Frost ice or frostbite or stinky anyway, ice. Anyway, he was ill, right? No, he's not ill. He oh. got shot in the neck, did oh Ricky. And he's coming in later with what I can only describe as one of uh, probably, because well, he's this lad, he got shot up in Brum, yeah. and instead of getting all bitter about being shot, even though it ruined his career as a dancer and a choreographer, oh. he started up this charity whereby ex-offenders, violent offenders, could come out of Nick or Stir, call it what you will, and get involved in musical projects, making music in, in, in a different capacity. He's a good person. Isn't he a lovely person? Because he is, like, as I've said before, an alchemist, taking negativity, transforming it into positivity, because no one in the world could condemn that, Ricky, if he was going around going, if you, you know, being nasty and wanting to hunt people down. Instead of which, he's come out and he's chipper. And what about his neck? What's he... He's all right. He's Sorry. bowling about. He's fine. Probably hurt at the time, I'm sure. We'll talk to him <laughs> about it later. You know, that's for Ricky to tell Ask us. him if it hurt at the time. Mate, did it hurt at the time, Ricky? Yeah, we'll ask him all about it when he comes onto our radio show. He'll be... Where is he, in fact, Nick Phillips, the vicar's son producer? He's late. What an unreliable boy. One begins to understand why people use violence to control Ricky, mm. as he can't be depended upon to keep appointments. If I was holding, don't involve yourself in any violent crime. It's obviously the most ridiculous thing any of us can do. So here's Emma's uh, email thing. Last week in my AS psychology lesson, my teacher was talking to us about measuring helpfulness, and I reminded the class of your gallantry to the GMTV stuntwoman some time ago. I was saying this as I was flicking through my textbooks, and it opened on a page with big pictures review in a textbook spooky says this girl emma along with the words russell brand true individualism or anti-conformist we then debated among ourselves which we thought you were and concluded that you can't have one without the other that's the way i live my life too emma though we uh, though you would like to imagine here that you're being mentioned in lessons just as much as matt with his everyman image well, of course matt morgan is away in los angeles uh, living with his girlfriend now uh, which he'll probably claim is an everyman activity now so look what what i want to know about is individualism and anti-conformist that mm. does seem to be tautologous to a point uh, that is the same thing isn't it the, but the main point is that uh, you're you're good, isn't it? Again, I that think, you're good. Have you know what are you trying? Yeah, Jonathan did this last week. He knows that all the emails I read out, yeah. the subtext, very much the subtext, if not the actual text, mm. is you're good. Yeah. For, so what do you mean? Instead of in an email, well, would you just I, I would, oh, I'm good. Listen, and we're different people, and I'm not judging. Right. But I think if I was having <laughs> a radio show, I'd start it with emails that suggested that. I was awful. And then I'd and go then from there, I think. Fight against it. Yeah. You don't get any emails like that. You don't get any emails that suggest you're no awful. Emails. Really? I've said to them, don't protect me from the truth, you guys. Yeah. If you ever get a negative email about me, tell me about wow. it. Wow. So we've never had even one. So you have to go straight to the sort of straight tabloid press the, for that stuff. That's the only place we can oh find negativity in people that have got an invested interest in keeping the world sullen, silly, yeah, spellbound. Why, why is that? That's interesting, isn't it? Why? What, I think, go on. I think it's tacit, <laughs> Simon. <laughs> I might do. just occasionally tonight say, go on. No, go on. No, go and you contribute as well. What was the question? 
yeah. and no, that was it. I mean, you, you, you sort of, you're so quick, you sort of get the idea of what I'm saying before I've even thought it. I don't think so, that the media deliberately tries to make people stupid, but I think that we're all tacitly involved in maintaining this status mm. quo because we've all got a vested interest. Look at yourself. Once you become part of a media, you become more willing to compromise to maintain your position and not to go back on the dole. I don't think like that people at the Daily Mail go, right, let's make sure everyone feels a little bit scared that there's going to be a street crime every five seconds. Let's make sure that people aren't tolerant of each other. I don't know if it's a deliberate agenda, but I think they get sort of inculcated into certain ways of thinking over time. Think of the kind of institutions that they're educated in, the kind of people they surround themselves with. So though there may not be a deliberate conspiracy, there is a conspiracy of sort of a complicit stupidity, which we can talk to Oliver Stone about later. And Simon Amstel right now, what do you reckon about it? I would say not just the press, also television. Well, yeah, I think we all play Bloody our part, television. don't we? We're on pop TV, you know, you do buzzcocks. Yeah, but we, we, you know, well, I certainly try to make, make it as, as brilliant as possible. Well, you, you do a great hard. job. You're a wonderful broadcaster, but unless you sort of stand up on your desk and say, for heaven's sakes, turn off your TV sets, let's organise into 100-man collect collectives and uh, march on Parliament, and to hell with this credit crunch, let's form a brand new uh, island-based revolutionary system with, at its head, our spiritual leader, Oh, He can be relied on in a crisis. Yes, no, but that is the subtext of what I'm saying when mm. I say, oh, Rachel Stevens, you're a bit boring. You're saying that we should, we need yes. to change the world. Come on, come on, people. The thing is with Rachel Stevens is she's so pretty that, like, I mean, and I thought she's quite. I don't look to Rachel Stevens for revolutionary fervour. To By the way, she was you. on the show that we were both on, well, which on Thursday well on BBC Two at nine o'clock. Yeah, we did the Buzzcocks. And starting. you defend her, and I, I, I guess I attack her. But attack. I don't attack her. I attack her lack of self. Really, I was sort of saying, come on, what about a personality? Yeah, that, but you can't. Nice. I don't think you can go turn to Rachel Stevens and say, right, I want Rachel <laughs> Stevens to be a, a firebrand of ideas and conflict. She's like a pop star. That's her. Uh, no, I think you're world. limiting her. You're limiting her. I'm not. She limiting could be her. anything. She she, she wants well, to be, she just she, doesn't want to be anything. She has got, oh, she has got horizons, of course, but she seems to be content, and like, any decision to expand should be made within Rachel Stevens' mind. Uh, Not, you know, yeah, right. by just, you, Simon. Yeah, She's gosh. a lovely girl. If you've got an email, russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. it does have to be about views. Russell Brand being good. Please make sure the subtext is, mm. you are good. Read it back or to yourself before you somehow. send it. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it. When you read it back, if it doesn't essentially say, Russell Brand, you are good, here's a signpost to some of your forthcoming products, then it will not be read out. When will you learn? If you want to text us, it's 88291. If you've got any questions for me or Simon, or indeed the brilliant Oliver Stone will be coming up later. Dizzy Rascal. Yeah. He's going to be here. He's affected language boy in the corner. He's an influenced language there. From Grange Hill on this week's show? I don't know if any people were on Grange Hill when they were younger. We'll ask Oliver. Oliver, <laughs> as a younger man, did you used to play Jonah, Zamo's sidekick? I don't know if he did. We'll never truly know. This is from Lee Murray. Hi, Russell and team. Uh, Russell, could you please start describing yourself, Walliams and other swordsmen, as the clitorati? It would make me smile. I would like the credit for this, Lee Murray. Clitorati instead of glitterati or intelligentsia or cognoscenti or something like that? Clitorati? I don't know if New it's word. as good as, uh, as, as Pixar, Kanye West. But... No, well that is a great contribution <laughs> you, you've made to language and comedy <laughs> right there, Simon. There's no doubt about that, darling. But clitorati, I don't know if I'd go to because it sounds a little grandiose. I'd prefer something more lumpen, more childish, more scatological. Uh, and also I wouldn't like to diminish the clitoris, one of the finest parts of the human body in my view i'm so, eating some grapes yeah uh but you yeah did very much the opposite or what's the opposite of eating a grape produced a grape from out of my esophagus uh, created a, fart, a grape a little fart that's it's not the, the opposite it's of a the direct grape. opposite of eating a grape the direct opposite of eating a grape yep. is a fart it yep. created a little fart well, what about you you little boffin washing them grapes with evian water why is that me being a boffin that would be so 
What do you mean? I, I that was think... if I was to read a book with every Water. <laughs> no, because it's like because you're like a pernickety little fuss pot. Oh, the grapes, the grapes are dirty. I'm gonna wash off the pestilence. Why the pesticides? And then you farted. So there's chemicals all over the place anyway. Oh well, it's funny you should say that, Simon Amstel, because oh, you have no. happened to have attacked a man who is armed. Not like when you bully S Club Juniors on your own show, but now <laughs> a man with something of an education, a street PhD. You know what I'm saying? A Bang! Blood clots! What? Oh, jeez, just... Jeez, uh, like, trying to wipe away the smell of toxic uh, bottom gases. Well, fortunately, I've got an email here from Sean Brady from somewhere called Alberta. Mm-hmm. He says this... <clears throat> uh, <coughs> a smelly rotten egg gas in fart controls blood pressure in mice, a new study finds. The unpleasant aroma of the gas called hydrogen sulphide, HS2, for you boffins, or no H2S, can be a little too familiar as it is expelled by bacteria living in the human colon and eventually makes its way out through flatulence. New research found that cells lining mice's blood vessels naturally make the gas and this action can help keep the rodent's blood pressure low by relax- relaxing the blood vessels to prevent hypertension or high blood pressure. This gas is no doubt produced in cells lining human blood vessels too, said the researchers. So actually, by doing that far, I've lowered your blood pressure while you sit scoffing grapes like a Roman emperor. Did you do that far just so you could read that email? Yeah, I'm that scared. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm the new Austin Wells. I'm changing radio. Look at my hips move. His hips are moving. They are moving in a way that would make sex enjoyable if you were near enough to me. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That the blow offs lower blood pressure, according to a report. I can understand that because keeping them in would. Uh, but ideally, you would just not. You wouldn't need to fart. You don't do them at all. You're quite lovely and innocent, yeah, man. He just I don't think when I'm married to a little me. house. He's farting out me. He's burped and blown out Look, me. Look, I'm a functioning unit, all right? I salivate. I don't I see ejaculate. you as a human. I, I just see you as a really good human. I am a really good human, a but good I've got human. a body. I've got a beautiful soul, of course, but the, the vessel of it is this functioning thing that needs to have sex and fart and live, damn it. Won't you let me live, Simon? For okay. God's sake, all let right, me live. Live, live. live. Use polishing your little grapes, trying to avoid death for all perpetuity. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Fine. I've drunk too much caffeine. I'm holding myself together on caffeine. I'm very, very tired. I'm under a lot of pressure at work, as I'm sure you can You should imagine. have a sleep. I don't like to sleep, Simon. Because oh, of the loneliness? The demons. <laughs> the night time. That's where the demons come. My finger hovering above the panic button. <laughs> I've got a panic button, of course. No. Yes, and now I have beloved Zach outside the house. That man's that man. I don't... What? I don't... What, you've got something against Zach now? He's, he's turned you all weird. Zach... My personal security has not turned me all weird. I love Zach. The last time I was at your... Zach served 15 years fighting for this country <laughs> and various commodities from overseas <laughs> that we need to preserve. He was like, oh, yeah, you know what you need, Russell? A big gate over this... I'm getting that gate. Why? All right. A homeless junkie was caught banging up gear that used to be down in my stairwell. Junkie. When I, I used to do it right, there's only a few times I've done anything as cliched as using drugs in a stairwell. I always looked marvellous. I was, you can see, I'm much more of your Jim Morrison, Andy Warhol junkie, yeah. cruising about, perhaps with a, like a feather boa on, <laughs> of a golden telephone from the film The Doors, directed by Oliver Stone, coming up later. So, uh, like that fella banging up 
digging in my stairwell, yeah. doing a piddle down there. Zach had to give him short shrift. Off he went. Fine, Bish, get bash, bosh. You're right, get a gate. Anyway, so but here's what I'm saying, and you'd agree with this, probably, because it's quite existential. He's jabbing his he, finger at me he, to do what he does to me. His suggestion of this gate mm-hmm. has created the need for it. Yes, all right, it's, it's created an awareness of the gate, but the, the junkie banging up in the stairwell has created the a necessity. Zach cannot... Oh, he created the junkie. I've never saw that junkie. All I know is there was a smell of urine, <laughs> smelling of sugar puffs. And what does Zach eat every day? Sugar puffs, damn it, and nothing but honey monster. Honey! I'm against the honey monster. Honey! Honey monster, are you sure you're mentally able to promote this product? That's to be <laughs> you're insane in the membrane. <laughs> Get out! I don't like the honey monster, and nor should sugar... You know, it's not going about sugar puffs, that's rather trite. But, uh, perhaps that... Uh, I don't think Zach fabricated the. Uh, I'm not suggesting junkie. he lied. I'm suggesting the junkie you is real, but that it came into by being the need. by the paranoia. All right, don't, all right. So, all right, by acknowledging and recognizing then that there is necessity for revolution and change, do we then create the potential for it occurring? You create the possibility. If it can be dreamed, it yes, can be lived. Exactly. Thinking makes it so. So it's up to us whether we dream up a junkie yeah. or a revolution. Yeah, to do the revolution. Or a revolution yeah. led by a former junkie. Hello. Who's kind of kinky. Hello. A little bit spunky. Tara Palmer Tomkinson. That's the gal. Yeah. Tara will funny you to the ends of the earth. I'll see you on the Himalayas, you beautiful yak yak. Sometimes <laughs> 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 I feel unusual. You're listening to the Russell Brand Radio Show. If you want to email us, why wouldn't you? It's russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. This boy is only 13 years old, and yet he's <clears throat> got enough What's with the coughing? I ate this nut just no. then. Right, a bit of nut got wedged mm. in my esophagus. Oh no. And may I say something else? I think there was some nut shell in that nut. And I bit down on it a bit too hard, and it hurt me. And now, who can we blame for this? Is it? Is it uh, uh... Well, I'm very tempting to blame the Daily Mail. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, they've carried on. Um, yeah. But also, I was—I mean, we couldn't name and shame the nut company. But I sort of think, why well, get into these complicated legal mm, areas? No. Also, because I've had a lot of bother with a TV set over the week, and I was really thinking, well, I'm on the telly. I could use my um, and telly and radio status to attack people that do me any wrong. But what's the point, really? Just generate love, isn't it? Generate love. In all situations, generate unless, love. Unless they're a celebrity whose bubble needs bursting. Oh, you've got to burst their bubbles. Yeah, you've got to burst it, right? Oh, if you don't burst someone's bubble, you're tacitin all sorts of cods for the picture. I mean, someone needs to burst that Rachel Seavers bubble, don't they? That's what I used to believe. You don't have to burst people's bubbles. West Ham United, I'm forever blowing bubbles. Leave the bubbles alone. West Ham, VDRs tomorrow. Go on, Upton Park. Get down there. Irons. Come on, Simon. You're from Essex. Join in. Uh, Leighton Orient. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> He's invented that? a jingle yeah. or a chant. Call it what you will, but the kids are going to love it. Here's an email from a 13-year-old boy. Look, you're 13. You're looking at the internet, and you're not interfering with yourself. What's wrong with you, lad? Here we go. He's called Matt. He's from Glasgow. Hi, Russ and Simon. My name's Matt and I love the show. I am 13 and oh. Amant, which is what they say in Scotland, and he spelt it that way. It's not a spelling mistake. They say that. They say um, what? Amant? Um, amant. Amant. Instead, of, like, they abbreviate am not. They contract am not. Oh. Uh, amant. Nice one. Uh, amant. I need to listen to it. Last time I was caught, my bookie work was taken off me. Possibly the worst punishment ever. That is literally how he speaks. There's another plug for another book there. Oh! By Russell Brand. How, how unusual. It turns out that. Hold on. Yeah. Now, I was trying 
trying to. You make... know what? I'm with the Daily Mail. The BBC needs to go down. <laughs> hey, we need the BBC. It's a lovely communist organization. <laughs> We're not communist. <laughs> <laughs> We're not communist. We're definitely. There are reds under the bed. There's a paper tiger. Uh, hold on a second. Though, no, look, I'm just sticking up for this young lad who's yeah, had his yeah, bookie yeah. work took off him. And terrible. you, cynical boy. Maybe we could send him a new one. Well, he could have another one if he wants, but we do not want to go against his parents' wishes, do we? This 13 year old boy. Yeah, they sound I like idiots. Amant, I am not allowed to listen to it. Last time I was caught, my bucket work was taken off me, possibly the worst punishment ever. Can I also see that Simon is great? And oh, I was so happy nice. that he's here doing the show again. Cheers, Matt from Glasgow. I like this guy. Well, he's his parents, I take that back about his parents being idiots, so they've probably. Well, you think they're just trying to do right by their 13 year old son? Yeah, it's silly to take a book away. A lot away. of things in my book are rather complex and adult ideas, perhaps not right for Matt at 13 years no, old. I don't know. I think you kids learn things. It's good for kids. Good for kids to learn? Hmm. That's uh, indisputable. <laughs> Fill their little brains with knowledge. How come you've taken to scattering grapes about the floor now? What are you? Oh, I think, Dionysus? I think that happened during the washing process. Well, the washing process, which I watched being undertaken, was hmm. despicable. The decadence of it. You were squirting Evian around the place. Why didn't Guzzling I... grapes. There's no sink in here. It's like the Queen Mother's last banquet. Maybe you it was horrible them out. to be old. Grapes everywhere now. I don't know how you live. <laughs> There's another email here, but you're not even going to pick up those grapes, I see. You've not oh, you obliged. Were... Really? That's not what I was saying. I'm not like a stickler, or would you do that in your own house? That's not the way I roll, mate. You know me. I'm a complex man. This is from Graham. He says this, people do the most extreme things to escape, Grays, in Essex, where I'm from. Yours was show business and celebrity status. Mine was to join the Royal Marines and kill people. Both enjoyable and appropriate. All the best, me old mucker, Graham. Graham is from the Marines, necessarily killing people as part of his job. How does Graham, that you're a brave man, well done. Land. That doesn't link to anything. On Ponderland this week, are we pondering <laughs> the Royal Marines? That's Thursday, 10.30, Channel 4, I believe. If you want to watch it, don't watch it. If you don't want to, do what you like. It's your life. You I might only get one. Who knows if the Hindus are correct? Not us. We don't know for sure. So, uh, thank you there, young man. And a final email, unless, you know, uh, well, this is a lovely email from during the week. It's Sarah, 14. Look at this, the young, because the average age of a Radio 2 listener, hmm. do you know, it's 72. <laughs> They're so old. They're all really old people. <laughs> so, but this is a 14-year-old from Southampton, Sarah. My gerbil died today, and oh. his rodent sister consumed most of his body. It reminded me of your gerbil dynasty and how you explained how odd it is that we're evolved from that sort of mentality. Good point, Sarah. We are evolved from lower mammals, and yes, it is within us to be infanticidal. We do have that potential. In fact, babies develop the instinct to smile to stop us dashing their brains out. Some evolutionary psychologists would say, probably Dickie Dawkins, one of them lot, Stevie Stevie Pink Pink, one of those chaps one of the best evolutionary psychologists. Come on, Simon, you're a clever clock. Got any views on that? The innate brutality and animalism within our nature. Does it ever worry you when you see yourself hovering around a heath, a hand clamps down on the well, shoulder I recently of a, got a cat? And... <laughs> yeah, you fuss over that cat too much. You're spoiling him. You won't let him out of the house. You're inhibiting him. Coco, is he called? No, he's not called Coco. What's he called again? He's called Moses. Oh, yeah, Moses. Coco is a clown that I have in a cupboard. <laughs> um, he's no trouble, is he? But Moses looks very cute. Mm. And I was, I was thinking, that's probably, that's probably so I don't kill him. Right, yeah. You think that that cuteness... There's no it? reason for him to be that cute. No, it was that evolved. Big eyes and all that sort of fluff. I mean, it's, mm. it must, there must be a reason for it. Do you love him quite a lot? Well, Do you ever seek solace in his company? Do you ever tell him things and think, oh my word, well, this, he can't possibly reciprocate? In this situation, no I do. I do find myself talking to him and then thinking, "Oh, you're, what, what are you doing? You're, you idiot! You idiot!" 
Right, you find. Like when I first got him, I was texting my friend saying, "Oh, you must come over." I was so looking forward to meeting you. Of course, he really isn't. He's a cat. No, he doesn't care at all. But you're like uh, probably you've learned my technique of telling people come to my house to meet the cat. Is use that's a social it's tool to get people back yesterday. to the lair. It has worked. Once they're back to the old lair, but then they get involved with the cat. One right. one person recently said to me, can, can, <laughs> "Someone came over just to, just to see the cat and had no interest in me anymore." They li- <laughs> your technique backfired. <laughs> they now like the cat. So that the what about got- me? I'm on telly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no defence. So hold on, they've got so interested in your cat. Yeah, they- it's all about the cat. Well, hold on, but can't you just let them punch themselves out on the cat, right? Like, yeah. you know, sort of just not literally, like, punch the cat. No. I just mean, like, you know, they spend all their affection on the cat, they mm. get comfortable stroking the cat, being with the cat, and that's when you sidle, mm. and I use that word deliberately, sidle up to them, just place your clammy little palm on their not shoulder. Not clammy, not clammy. Clammy, disgusting hand. No, it's and then, nice, like, with your, just, just nod towards your bedroom, your fa- frankly underfurnished bedroom. Underfurnished. It's not, it's, Only thing in there is a big poster of you. It's... That's all there is in there. That's in the spare bedroom. Brilliant and it poster. was sent to me by a promoter. I don't know what to do with it. Right on it, it says tickets available. Yeah, I know. That's a worry, isn't <laughs> Tragically. it? Tragically. It says now, still, like, now on sale. Mm. But still, it's like they weren't sold out. <laughs> half price tickets, please. Not half price. <laughs> they were restricted. <laughs> Two for the price of look, one. <laughs> look, I've done very well. I'm a human. <laughs> You're doing fantastically well. You are the brilliant Simon Amstel. No one can argue with that. We've recently been joined by Dizzy Rascal. Thank you, Dizzy. Well, Thank you for coming. Yes, man. Cool, you're here. Yeah, you're yeah. setting me upbeat. I'm, I'm kind of happy right now, man. I've got, I know you're upbeat guy, so I'll yes. come here like anything else. You can't come in here and be all dour and yeah, sober yeah, yeah. with a man who regularly touches his own nipples as part of an interview. Easy, son. Don't see it as sexual, Dizzy. It's simply just me behaving in my natural environment. Wicked. You could be hypnotised by the nipples, of course. I mean, in the film Jungle Book, there was a snake who had hypnotic eyes. They're not dissimilar from my nipples. You take a quick glance. <laughs> Don't see that as a sexual advance, Dizzy. Now, um, there's nothing advanced about it, mate. <laughs> it was basic. It was it pretty was, basic. It was basic and unevolved conduct. Now, Dizzy, <laughs> we're, I'm going to interview you in a professional way. Uh, the uh, inspiration behind asking you to come on our show, and we're very grateful that you did because I know you don't very much come on the radio, do you, unless to promote something? Pretty much, yeah. Are you promoting anything? No, well, I'm, actually, I'm promoting the Newham Generals. What's that? That's a group that I'm putting out on my label, Dirty Stank. I've got a song here to, pl- to play for you. All right, so well. in a way, this is just promotion. Yeah, but every, every, every day is promotion, you know what I mean? What is... Well, your label's called Dirty Stank? Dirty Stank is the label. Mm, why? Because you just like the sound of that. It's the, yeah, it's the grimiest, dirtiest thing I could think of. It's, it actually came from a lyric I had, Lyrical Tank, boxing and see like my name was Frank, going on Dirty, going on Stank. So. Blimey, you have a way with words. I have. So what do you like, well, like, when, linguistically, what is it that you're attracted to on a matter peer, like the sounds of the words, or is it like image that you On a matter peer, exactly what you're talking about, the way the, way the flow comes together, mm. the words, that's, that's what on a matter peer is, isn't it? G over, yes, right, yeah. Exactly. G over there is a poet, of course, he summarises every show with a poem. I imagine that he likes on a matter peer, although perhaps he'll tell us for himself. Do you like on a matter peer, G? Yeah. Simply <laughs> does. He likes a little bit of onomatopoeia. Okay, time now for us to interview you, more me. Simon is very politely. Uh, you know, if you you know Simon already, do you? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won't yeah. come on my show. Why? Oh, you I won't come on my show. Be rude to him. Would you be rude to him? 
No, it'd be delightful. Because I understand you'd be rude to Danny Dyer on the on your TV show, <laughs> Will. So it's cheeky. Cheeky to Danny Dyer. Keep what? rude and mean. It's just cheeky. And what? It's With Dizzy, would you go, oh, Dizzy, boy in the corner? I mean, I don't know, how, how would you approach <laughs> well, it? I used to, on Pop World, we used to call Dizzy Dizzy Resquizzy, and he always laughed, and he doesn't anymore. Yeah, it's, it's saving me slapping you, that's where. That's oh, my where goodness. <laughs> oh, my word! There's an undercurrent of sexual tension between <laughs> Sam and Dizzy. <laughs> and it is sexual. It is sexual. It is not. Behave, man. No, no, don't worry. <laughs> It. No, it could I be, why not? Why not, not like, we could have a little moment. Hold on. Well, while he eats his grape. <laughs> he took my grapes. How he took my grapes? Simon is eating the grape in a <laughs> You take his grapes, then when it comes to bending over, you renege. What's up with you, Dizzy? I oh, know, well, tell me about him. But it's very unreasonable way to I've live. Got a cat, Dizzy. Do you want to meet my cat? Yeah, so later, not now. Later, later. So this is why I don't want you to be involved in the so you interviews. You do the interviews, go on. It's just last time you couldn't do interviews properly. Well, oh, just because I don't ask questions, think of this, I'm all mine interviewing technique simply because I make statements about myself and how well things are. Dizzy is credited with bringing grime to the attention of the mainstream media. Oh, so like in a way you are a great innovator. Yeah. So what does that mean? I mean, does that give put a lot of obligations on you? Do you always think, oh, I've got to innovate something else? You're just happy living your life? I'm, I'm happy entertaining people like, like you two are, but mm. hopefully doing it in an original way each right. time. One of the things that uh, constantly troubles Simon and myself, and I, I speak for us both here because when he speaks he tends to be rude to people, is uh, trying to change the world a little bit and uh, spiritually enlighten people and change ourselves. Now, do you use your music in any way to elevate consciousness or inform folk? Is that something you're into? Both. Go both. on then, mate. Tell us how you do that and what if you well, do like, like, there's, there's silly songs, like songs like Dancing Me. There ain't much substance to it. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, yeah, a couple of dancing me. It's just for guys to get with girls and girls to get with whatever else and mm. dance and have a good time. And then there's other songs that I'm being a bit conscious. Maybe songs I've got, I've got a song called Sitting Here mm -hmm. on my first album where it's just yeah, talking about all the, thank you, bro. All the, all the bad things that were kind of going on mm. in my area at the, at the time. But then obviously people around the world living in that kind of situation would understand. I see. Like one with the horses in the video. Sirens, exactly. Sirens. So that video was very, very conscious. It was uh, directed by Wiz, if anyone knows Wiz. I don't know that. I mean, my reference point for Wiz would, of course, be The Wizard of Oz. I can only assume <laughs> that that is not what you're referring to, Dizzy, and I sound dreadfully out of touch. Dizzy was stabbed five times by a gang of unknown youths Six. in Ianapa. Six. Six youths. If it weren't enough to be stabbed by five youths, then I mean, another one joins I'll get it twisted, right? If you're going to talk about it, let's get it right Well, well hold on. Get me a pen. I shall cross that out. <laughs> six youths. Did it ruin your holiday? No, not six youths. I got stabbed six times. Oh, six times by an indis... A few youths. few youths. Yeah. They That's not holiday. quibble. It weren't, it weren't the greatest. I, I, I haven't thought about going back there anytime no. soon. I once saw a cockroach in my hotel room and uh, I immediately went home. So if, if there's any kind of stabbing, I just think, well, that's the end yeah, of the it's, holiday. It's not, it's not quite the same. No, no, no. Well, no, yours is definitely worse. Yeah, I mean, well. although, but before you judge me, Dizzy, this was a pretty aggressive cockroach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, vicious looking thing. He had like claws, antennae, the works. Nasty yeah, looking little man. creature. Jeez. Dizzy Rascal has his own record label, Dirty Stank. Mm, yeah. Nice language. Dizzy's explanation of the name. The name came from one of the first lyrics I got. I got Dirty. Oh, it's crikey. Well, you've already done it. Got yeah. on Dirty, going on Stank. Going so on thought, Dirty, going on Stank. All right, mate. Well, I'm not a professional at that, so always you were going to no, be I'm much better. I'm just helping you read. You're having problems reading. No, no. Actually, yeah. I can read to uh, A-level. Right, right, right. I right, swallowed right. a nut. It uh, went down the wrong hole. But just to show you that I am quite good at freestyling, I believe we've got something here. Uh, last week, me and John from Ross uh, got 
got into a situation where um, I ended up well, d- leaving a message on Andrew Sachs, who plays Manuel from Forty Towers. Yeah. We ended up leaving a message on his answer phone, right? Now, Jonathan Ross, uh, for which I apologise, left a sexy swear word down on Andrew Sachs' answer phone. So I said, look, the only way we can make this better is if I call back and we'll apologise on there. And Jonathan says, why don't we apologise in the form of a song? We haven't got time to write a song. Don't worry, said I. I'll freestyle it using my, uh, you know, I believe my gangster flow type moves. Now, if you listen to this, perhaps you might consider taking me on to your label, Dirty Stank, perhaps as some sort of a rapper. Have a listen to this and see whether you think I've got any talent at all. Dizzy. I'd like to apologise for these terrible yeah, attacks. That's Jonathan Ross backing. I'd like to show contrition to the max. Andrew Sachs. I'd like to create world peace between the yellow, whites and blacks. Andrew Sachs. Andrew Sachs. I said some things I didn't have order, like I had sex with your granddaughter. But it was consensual, and she wasn't menstrual. It was consensual, lovely sex. It's full of respect. I send her a text. I've asked her to marry me. Andrew Sachs. If you date it, this nuptial pact could be. Oh, Andrew Sachs. Will you marry me? Marry Jonathan. No, no, that's a different part. Sounds like he wants to now. This has made it worse. I feel it's made it worse. That's what he's answering. The whole terrible incident. So that's yeah. That's me and Jonathan Ross. Now, I, I need s- to release that, man. Need to get released. I mean, I think it might uh, not be that popular with its barbershop style, but the l- lyrically, can there's certainly potential, isn't there? Definitely, man. Because, like, what about I rhymed consensual with menstrual? That's yeah, a, that's that, a- that, that was the key moment there. I was like... Right, that's where wow. you knew she I had bleeding. something. You smacked it. I smacked it. Right. Now, we've got a fella in here. While we're talking about giving people opportunities in life, there's a young lad. He's a mate of mine. I met him at the Pride of Britain Awards. He's called Rick... Frost, he's changed his surname since I last met him. Anyhow, he got shot in the neck in Birmingham, right? And uh, like he started up this project where he helps ex-offenders to make music to get them out of all sorts of rhubarb and trouble. I realised you were coming on the show. I thought you're the sort of person who might be able to help young Rick. Let's get him on the radio now. Dizzy Rascal and young Rick. Ricky, get in here, son. He's a lovely lad, and uh, here he is. Cut, Ricky. You can use uh, you can use my mic if you want to. Oh no, he's going to have his own mic. So uh, yeah. So firstly, uh, Ricky, Dizzy, there you are. Let's meet each other. Have you already met each other? Yeah, bro. Yeah, good. Good. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. There they are. They're meeting each other now. There's obvious obvious tension between them. <laughs> <laughs> Very erotic to watch. I'm not saying. Why is everything sex, man? Is because it? I like sex. Right? We all Dizzy. like sex, man. Well, but just don't go on about it. I just think he likes sex a bit more than everybody. Else. I do have a lot of energy for it, chaps. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't, the reason I'm also, I think, because it's a unifying force, because everyone's interested in it to some degree, I thought about it's my go to place for getting through <laughs> social situations. Uh oh. That's mine too, right? The kind of uh, I escape through sex. Oh, I'm <laughs> you, you escape through sex? <laughs> so thought, yeah, man, it's escape everything. He's escaping escape through sex. Where's this? He's escaping through sex. What is he doing it in the garden? Yeah, he's got no respect. He hasn't even bought a tent. Ricky, explain <laughs> to Dizzy if he's not busily <laughs> escaping through. 
Room 6, <laughs> as usual, about your organisation so that Dizzy understands it because he's probably yeah. more help to you than I am. Yeah, basically what it is that I do, um, I use music and media as a tool to divert ex-offenders and vulnerable youth off of the streets. Um, I teach them everything in regards to music, like music production, songwriting skills, vocal arrangement, just get them in the studio. I've got a studio in Crystal Palace where I do like, all my projects from. And um, yeah, it's, it's been going alright, it's been going quite well. Yeah. So also, you've, you've bought a CD that we can play and Dizzy can have a listen to. Is that here? Yeah, yeah. Even, right, I think there's a swear word in it. And no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's actually quite a mellow track. That it's quite a mellow one, track. Yeah, yeah. Was it made, like, don't give us too much details, but was this track made by an offender of some kind? No, well, not an, not an offender. Get one by an offender! No, 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 but it's, it's, a, it's a youth that was at the risk of offending. He's right. actually here with me, with he was, me He could have offended. Any, yeah, this yeah, kid yeah. has done this track. Any minute he could have offended. <laughs> Ricky swept him off the street <laughs> before an offence was done. Now, if you are yeah. a daily mail writer, how could you not love Ricky? A young black man. He's been shot in the neck. Instead of getting out there causing more offences, he's hoovering up offenders. Wow. He's sending them out as musicians. He's an alchemist, this boy. Let's have a listen to some of his music. Dizzy Rascal. Oh. Now, you're in a position of power now, of course, aren't you? Even though you're a young man. You're in the position yeah, so of power. Yeah, I'm doing a similar kind of thing with Dirty Stanks. Oh my god, yeah. don't Same be rivals. Don't come rivals. I don't want this to be East Coast, West Coast. Coast, West Coast. I don't want another Biggie Smalls on my hands. Wow. I don't want Shug Knight all over me. Stop it. Hey, I'm very respectful towards that. That's a, I think we're allowed to joke about things like that, aren't we? Yeah. Are we? Are we? Uh, yeah. Of course we are. You can have to joke about anything. That's how we bring about freedom. You do it through music. Me and Simon do it through jokes and gay sex. Right, Simon? Oh, low, 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 low. There we go, kids. I'm Okay, let's listen to uh, Ricky and his, what I'm going to call, an offensive track. No, no, it's not even that. Ricky, tell us a little bit about that track. Who's it by? What's it called? Well, What's you know on? what? I'm actually let the man come and talk about him. So What's his name? His name's, his name's RV. He's Dizzy has little, stepped little. aside to let yeah, RV yeah. use his mic. Yeah, it's one of the most beautiful still. things I've he's, ever seen. You know? <laughs> he's quite serious. He's quite serious. Like he's a singer, songwriter, producer, rapper. He does everything. He's very, very talented. He is talented. That's, That's brilliant. That's that record. Chair. It's not even my cup of tea, but I like it. <laughs> I think it's making me feel a bit sexy. You know, you know. Dizzy, that's, that's going to blow your mind, me and Dizzy. <laughs> so go on then, mate. That's good that you've done that. Tim, what it's a little bit about and what the inspiration is and the way you work. Tell um, us what you feel like. Basically, uh, Rick and I produced, uh, sat down and made this track. I made this um, beat from scratch. Um, uh, and he just asked me to write about colours, but use it as a metaphor, talking mm. about a lady, describing mm. her. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just took it from there and elaborated on it. What, what crime were you about to do before you recorded <laughs> this? Simon, don't drag out the crime! Look at him, he's reformed by no, music! No. He looks like he was never he's like a criminal. He looks he's like been he could have been an accountant or a lawyer, and now he's had to do this. He can't be an accountant or a lawyer, look at him! He's like he's going to do him an offence any minute! You know? He'll probably do an offence no, no, on you no, and you deserve no, no, it. Go on, RV. Don't um, do an offence, just tell us what's no, going on. No, um, basically, I was just involved in that, in that gang life, in that street, street crime, what, what um, a lot of people don't see I hear you, blood, because I myself ran with some pretty rough gangs yeah. in Grays in Essex. If I wasn't popping a cork in someone's ass, oh, I was no. moving rhymes like bloody weight. Yeah. Oh, there goes oh, another rhyme, God. there goes a bit of weight. Good that you're in here. So Ricky has got you out of all sorts of gang palaver, which is a serious um, business. We're having a laugh about it, but yeah. oh, I wouldn't like to be in a gang. Was yeah, it fun? No. Did you like it? No, no, it's, 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 it wasn't really a fun thing. It was just at the end of the day, um, growing up, 
it's like when there's not really that much of a, a male role model in yeah. your house to show you what's what's going on, like you know. You, Did you, you not watch Big Brother's Big Mouth? Because <gasps> I'm quite a good role model. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, I don't doubt it at all. I don't doubt it at all. But you know, no. Um, no male role models. So yeah. right, so you had to find your own way. You end up hanging around with gangs and all that kind of business. So actually, Ricky, this is an actual example, right? Because tonight we are the mm. uh, male on Sunday are listening to this radio show. We know that because they're looking mm. for evidence to try and destroy us and our beautiful mm. revolution. Mm. So yeah. you're an actual example of a young lad who could have gone all wayward off into crime and Ricky's hoovered you up and suddenly you're making beautiful literally beautiful music yeah no um that before I met Ricky as well like, I've been doing this for ages but Ricky yeah like within his facilities yeah within, within his facilities he gave me a place to get focused and take it seriously more as a business than oh I can do this so let me for Ricky, isn't it? Well, you know, these young men. It is what it is, really. Like, he, this he, guy. He, no, he's sitting. No, but he's a serious guy. And the thing is, not only is he just doing music, he's actually now touring with me and like doing school seminars. He actually, we actually done a seminar yesterday, oh, wow. Lambeth, Academy, uh, Lambeth Academy. Sorry, how'd it um, go? It went really well. Yeah, really well. Yeah, really what well. do you do with the kids who are going to commit crimes but don't have any talent? <laughs> well, Those kids—they're right. trying to keep them engaged, really. Keep them engaged mm. and focused. Maybe they can listen learning, to the music. Learning, you Simon, know? you can handle those kids. Perhaps you can bring them round your house and look at your cat. They can earn a yeah. few quid over What up. do you suggest? I'm saying that you don't suggest things. Sexually Start exploit that. potential offenders if they haven't got enough no. talent to make a damn yeah, fine record. Stop, listen, stop, we've stop, got yeah, to go. Stop, oh, no yeah. one's saying that. That didn't even actually happen. Why are we discussing that? Hasn't that something that hasn't even happened? Dizzy, you've been fantastic. Ricky, you are a marvellous creature of the night and of the day and of every hour of every season. RV, thank God you've been saved from a gangland monstrosity coming here like a lovely... It's like the dawning of hip-hop when actual gangsters turned poets, African Bambata, all that gear. There was going to be a lot of bother, but suddenly there was beautiful music and poetry everywhere. We can change the world. Look at Ricky. Look at these young men. We've got glorious chance for a new future. They can't handle the truth. Okay. The truth is good. Good. This is behind the truth. We've got 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 the What's happening? Wow, it's crazy. He loves our show already. He's not even been in here. Mr. G is here, Poet Laureate of the show. He'll be summarising the show. I can see even now he is taking notes of some of the spellbinding radio that's already occurred. We're getting reports just in that people are laying down tools, refusing to work. The revolution won't be televised. Well, maybe not, but it's already on the wireless. The world's changing all around us. In a moment, we'll have Oliver Stone in studio. He's already arrived. I can see him through a glass window, literally surrounded by sexually attractive women. It is a sight to be. Behold! Put your tongue back in your head, Oliver. He's, of course, here because uh, his film W premiered at the London Film Festival the other day. I went to that film, Simon. Did you enjoy it, Russell? Yeah, I did, as a matter of fact. Although it humanised George W. Bush a bit. I mean, I know he is a human, so there's nothing wrong with humanising a human, I suppose. It's not like a humanised table or a, a, like a nebulous gas or a potato or the concept of jealousy. But he humanised him a bit too much, made me think, oh, he's all right, really. So we'll be talking to Oliver Stone about that in a moment. Also, embarrassing.
embarrassingly, I went to the wrong premiere, first of all, and it's really difficult, so there was loads of paparazzi on the carpet, and we all got out of the car, and we sort of were late and everything, and I looked, as you can imagine, I looked gorgeous, all eyes turned, the flash of bulbs, the glamour, the tremor, the excitement, the charisma, you've seen the charisma, right? All them cameras went off, click, 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 Russell, Russell, no, I can't stop, I've got to get into this film. We walked in, uh, what are you here for? Well, we're here for the uh, W premiere, we've been asked personally by Oliver, <laughs> I don't need to make a scene. Yeah, this is the secret life of bees that we're showing here. The secret life of bees? Who knew that bees even have a secret life? But apparently they're carrying on. So I had to then walk out of the cinema again. And the same photographers, you could see, you know, they tried not to laugh, but they were looking down at me as I clambered back into the car and went to the actual premiere that I was supposed to get to a little bit late. But don't let that put you off the revolution. Don't. I feel that's just the sort of thing that Jesus would have done. Of course he would have. Jesus made faux pas. What about that bit in the Bible when he done a blow off in his own hand? It's one of my favourite songs. Exactly what I was thinking. All of us were thinking that. Okay, Simon Amstel is, of course, with us. I thought we did very well there when uh, Dizzy Rascal and his mates and uh, Ricky yeah, came yeah, on yeah. and everything. It's good to get kids off the street. Well, I'll that. tell you what, barely a day goes by when I don't get a kid off the street. I mean, mm. admittedly, that is to put them in my opt-up. You know, it's very different. <laughs> <laughs> There's there not a can I put kids in the opt-up. <laughs> it's unforgivable, son. This is from Dull in Arizona. If you haven't read the works of Wilhelm Reich, you might find, Wilhelm Reich, you might find him interesting. Reich studied with Freud and did a great deal of research on human sexuality. When I hear you on the radio going on about sex, it makes me think that your orgasms lack power. My orgasms have got a lot of power, you should see them. What they're a little bit like is, uh, say for example when Tommy Cooper died on stage, big moment for all comedy fans, a bit like that, or when Jim Morrison goes, I feel like you're alive! Something like that, that's what it's like when I orgasm, but imagine that but with much more danger of slipping over. Perhaps you do not orgasm fully, argues Dole in Arizona. William Reich discovered that orgasms need to be full, intense and powerful powerful enough to completely discharge the body's sexual energy. This means losing yourself in one complete, utter, orgasmic surrender. Well, no, that is, it, is what I do. If orgasms are not full and complete, the person becomes obsessed with sex because they're trying desperately to discharge the backed-up energy. Are you backed up, Russell? No, I'm not backed up. I just think I've got more sexual energy than literally anyone else. Because of because of the, the Jesus thing? Perhaps, it, yes, it's part of my messianic identity. What did he identity. do? Did he have... Uh... Well, some saying, of course, that he was married to Mary Magdalene, didn't mm. they, dear? So we can ask Oliver about that he likes a conspiracy but like others say that he was just you know he wouldn't have been into sex but like the celibacy within organized religions it causes a lot of bother that's why i get all that rhubarb with catholic priests someone the other day told me that a lot of zen masters monks and that are all having it off oh that saddens me well, i don't mind annoying, catholic priests but i'm sort of clinging on to yeah, those priests, monks we're all over that idea but like i mean <laughs> monks now I mean, and what about the Dalai Lama said that someone goes oh is there anything you great he goes yeah i wish i had it off with more birds i mean like that's the Dalai Lama. I mean, that, that or I'm paraphrasing, but it's roughly that. <laughs> Did he, yeah, he wouldn't have said birds. Well, no, he didn't say he, well, Obviously, he's not a chauvinist pig. I mean, but, but he would have said it was something along those lines, Simon, honestly. So, well, what should we do about it all? Well, I think we're going to have to try and evolve ourselves, aren't we, spiritually, and get ourselves into a ship shape and Bristol fashion. Kelly Brook will be coming on the phone That'll uh, shortly. That'll help. I think, <laughs> if one thing is sure to elevate our consciousnesses and make me not be obsessed with sex, it's the presence on the telephone of one of the world's most beautiful women, Kelly Brook. Here's some things that we should know about her before beginning any kind of an interview. Is she, that about to happen, the interview? I think it's happening relatively soon. It's very exciting. Not, well, why are you eating grapes in such a decadent fashion if you're genuinely excited about our next contributor, Kelly oh, I guess, Brooke? oh, maybe it'll suck. Could you eat them in a more of a demure way? Oh, Kelly Brook. Om, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> more. Grapes. like it, Simon. Thank you. It's a breakthrough. Uh, anyway, here's some things that we might like to know about Kelly Brook. She appeared in a pulp video, Help the Aged, with Huck Whitney of the cult band Flaming Stars in a slow dance sequence. There you are. Her modelling career began at six 
2016 after she won a beauty contest. I think she advertised wood floors or ceramics or something. I've got some vague memory of that. Mm. I met her once and I thought, why does she go for such archetypical uh, males that are sort of like a bit like butch and everything and not me? And, uh, what did you ask her? No, but I'm going to ask her now. She likes, uh, she likes, like you know, she goes out like gang- people that play gangsters in films. She likes, mm. doesn't she? And then she's an actual rugby player. But see, I don't have those attributes. But what I do have, in spite of this uh, Harold Reich theory, is bloody good orgasms. Why are we wait? Why are we telling things about her? Well, actually, so I'm, what I'm doing is I'm feeling tired. Oh. While Jack gets through to her on the phone. Oh, see, that's is why a... I'm looking over. Oh, right. Five minutes. Someone's just told me really? me talking about orgasms. Do you want to just? I'll just be her. No. All right then. Uh, all right, Kelly. Thanks for coming in. It's okay. Now, Kelly, why is it you keep going out with, like, I'm not having a go at Danny Cipriani or anything. I'm sure he's really good looking. I bet he's good at rugby and that. Mm. But wouldn't you rather go out with me? The thing about you. This is Kelly Brook, right? Yeah, should I just do it in my own voice? Well, do if you think you can sustain the character. I don't think if I can. We'll do it in your own voice. So, Kelly, why do you not go out of me? You're just not my type. Why? I'm really great. I'm so charismatic. I'm fun. I'm wild. I'm lively. I've got it all, baby, and more in spades. Why not? Give it a try. I'd I'd prefer sort of of balding, sort of manly, (laughs) sort of. Yeah. I know. I'm never going to be enough, am I? I wasn't good at football at school. I can't fight. But but just my rejection of you Mm -hmm. doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you're not a great guy. Look at all those emails you receive from your many fans. Yes, yes. Well, the the emails are lovely, but I contextualize myself through acceptance and approval of others, Kelly, and you giving me disapproval, that well, makes me want happy. you more. You'll never be happy. Never Even be if happy. I have sex with you right now, you'll never be happy, Russell. Yeah, but momentarily I'll be distracted, Kelly, and isn't that the same thing? Isn't distraction from misery the same as happiness? Isn't it? Couldn't it ever be? Could it be? Kelly, give us a chance. The thing is, you know, mm. the moment is all we have. She's not going to say anything. Hold on, she might! She'll... Kelly Brooke may understand that the moment is all we have, that She's... the rest of the world is a temporary, transient illusion, and only the moment is real, that unmediated experience is what's important. If we can understand on an elemental level that we're just energy, we're just molecules conscious of ourselves and others, then we could create some sort of spiritual union. Come on, Kelly, get in my hot tub. Or she might just say, oh, shut up. She probably would. She'll basically say, shut up. She'll, she'll, she'll probably poo-poo a lot of my advances. You're right to say that. Why are we waiting for her? Because, I don't know. Well, we don't have what to. is she doing? <laughs> She's probably just come off stage, isn't she? She's an actress. She's acting her nuts off for you, for people in the West End, for entertainment. In uh, Fat Pig. Fat Pig. See it now. If you wish, don't uh, see it. Young Ricky, can I say around? so? Don't see it. What if I said don't see it? You can actually say that. What if you about want that? To. You can say what you want, Simon. I would never seek to inhibit, prohibit, or restrict you, as I respect you too much as a free spirit. Get Young Ricky in here because I want to mention a few things to him about uh, how nice I am. See if I can get him to say how nice I am. Well, that he guy was... used to be a criminal. Uh, Ricky was not criminal. Ricky was got criminal. shot for no good bloody reason. Oh yeah. Let's right, have mate. a look at his neck. Where, no, I'm where not. is this neck? Come in here, Ricky. Simon, don't attack. Ricky's gunshot wounds I don't believe in this it fair bourgeois manner. He's been shot, this lad. Oh, He's brave shot. as you like. Go on, tell Simon. He's being uh, ignorant. Yeah. That's a tattoo. <laughs> He's covered up his gunshot wounds, you lad. <laughs> Ricky, how'd you get on with Dizzy? He's great guy, man. He seems yeah. like a lovely fellow. Yeah, He's a laugh, isn't he? Yeah, he's really cool, really cool. We, were saying, we were saying during the music mm. that often people from the hip-hop world a humourless. Yeah. Russell said this, not me. Hey! What? what? <laughs> That's the very kind of thing you're not supposed to do. Because, firstly, I never said that. No. But we did discuss the idea of there's a kind of, there's a kind of masculine pose that right. is lacking in self, being self-effacing. And I think I can answer this question myself. It's because it's an identity that's constantly under attack that they can't afford to be oh. jovial about it. That's why people, you know, oh, the street, the street, because the street's all there. <laughs> bloody well, he's out there. Go on, Ricky, you tell us, Sam. Go on. So, go on. Yeah, but some people are a bit... He's all right when I take the piss out of him, though. Go on, Ricky. Oh, come on. Give us a... Break, what do you want to break for, mate? 
God, so, I'm really a nice guy, man. I think you're a lovely guy. You're coming yeah, yeah. here with that young RV. He was fantastic, RV. Arvey, I really enjoyed Arvey's him. Re- yeah, he's decent, man. He's a really good, good Talented guy. lad. Yeah, definitely. Plucked. Like I said, like, I'm, people like himself, he, they're the ones that actually inspire me to, to continue the work that I actually do. And like I said, he's actually turned himself, not even around, because like, like I said, he was only at like, the risk of offending. He hadn't actually done an offence. No, but there's anything. a risk that the offence might happen. Boom, yeah, and then suddenly yeah. he's making music. Yeah, yeah. I really like that project. Will you? So, Remember, we said when you first came on this show, mm. Ricky, we said come on every week. And now that I've met RV and I like him, mm. I want you to bring more and more dangerous mm. offenders <laughs> into this studio space. <laughs> and like we'll get them all uh, liquored up on crunk juice, right, right. send them insane in the membrane, and see what sort of mayhem we can create. What uh, about that? Going to bring one next week? Yeah, that's that's proper not a crooked though. I'll, I'll see what I can. What yeah, not I can just do. a potential criminal. I mean, it's not good enough. It yeah. really isn't. We want people. Somebody who's murdered. Oi! No, no, Simon, no. trivialising crime. You've just trivialised a really serious crime there. What Look at murder? this. Here's an email. It's from Ben. Why is Simon trivialising crime? I'm so angry about it that I wrote an email at double quick speed. Also, it's my wife's fourth wedding anniversary, and I suppose mine by virtue of that fact. I've sorted out a babysitter so we could have a romantic weekend. She woke up to tell me she had a vivid dream in which she'd run away with you. She assured me the dream was not sexually explicit in its nature, just that you spent some time together after going to numerous tea shops and eating scones like old women. I envy you, Russell. I cannot re- meet my my wife's subconscious demands. Well, actually, wow. you can. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? It's pretty deep. <laughs> Very, yeah. Pretty deep stuff. You can meet your all your wife's demands. Both of you are infinite spirits uh, connected to the cosmos. All you have to do is find a way to access that through the old orgasms. Good evening, Russell, says Andrew. Doing my family tree recently, I found out that my great-grandmother's name was Sarah Lack. She had a fancy goods and drapers so- shop in Grays and Essex in the 1880s. It had the name Slack Fancy Goods. Much love. Andrew, keep me informed with any movements within your family tree. We need to know everything, everything. This is from Alexandra. She says, I love him and I listen to the show every week, but I must ask, has Russell just discovered the word tacit because he keeps using it quite a lot? <laughs> uh, yes, I learned that. On my, that is my word for today. And uh, I have tacitly, I will let you know, I feel slightly embarrassed by, by that, the, acknowledging that. Um, hello, Russell and Simon. Russell, you're awesome. I love you so much. You're amazing. Oh, you kids. Uh, this is from Georgie from Colchester. I was re- listening to the show last week. You and Jonathan got yourself into a situation with a granddad. I've now done a similar thing, leaving messages on my granddad's answer phone mentioning sex. Well, can I just say, you know, learn from me. Don't do that kind of thing. Right, so uh, is uh, Kelly Brook available to us now? Or, because I think, let's not have Kelly Brook on the radio. She's show. ruining this show. Bless her and everything. She's a talented woman and I do fancy her. But let's be honest, the only reason I want to get her on the show is because I think that by having her on the show, I might be able to have sex with her. Let's so just own mm. that and then we're okay. We can move on. The noise you can hear in the background is the speaking and moving about of the great film director and filmmaker Oliver Stone. He's even now wiping up water off of our desk. Hello, Oliver. Hello, Russell. How are you? Well, I feel all right, thanks. Yeah, I'm quite a good it's mood. Good to see you again it's after uh, our last visit. I really enjoyed meeting you in Santa Monica, Los Angeles, Oliver. Is that where it was? That's where it took place. Yeah, we were in a room at a hotel. Now, one of the things. Which hotel? Uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel. Was it something called the Vice something? The Vice Roy? The Vice Vice was certainly involved, if I may be so bold. Well, I thought you were on your best behaviour that night. Well, I was trying to be, but uh, actually, (laughs) to impress you, I uh, chatted up a woman. Now, what what happened was, I I recall distinctly, I was late for meeting a girl I'd planned to meet, and I thought, right. That's right. You did call her and put her on the phone, and you urged me to give her, her counsel for you to get into her 
get into it. You told me to give you a, a sort of a four stars and five stars, whatever it was, and I tried, but I was terrible, you know. No, you're actually very helpful, but the, did the it happen was, or not? Then the, the girl was an aspiring actress and refused to believe that, that it was the voice of <laughs> Oliver Stone. <laughs> so that, that it didn't work out. Stone. It didn't work out. Story actually, it did because as well. No, no, it worked out. It worked out because just before we were leaving, you said you said to me, oh, in a very mysterious way, you know, Russell, with that woman, you know, you shouldn't talk so much. Just look at her. Just look at her. Because you kind of remind me of Rasputin, right? I thought that's good advice. What a memory right? you have. Yeah, no, that I was weeks ago. I can't believe he remembers that. Yeah, no, I'll keep it all up there. So it turned out that it was a good job. I did remember it, right? Because when I met up with her, I just like those bits, right? I did a bit of charm at the beginning to open up. You know, did a bit that's of the right. usual chatter. Yeah, your charm is legendary. Thank you. Then I just stared at her, and uh, she eventually was so embarrassed she took off her trousers and pants. You're kidding. She was before Is this I knew. A true story it. You yes, yes. Time. And I remember I was thinking, oh my word, all I could think about as I penetrated this glorious, beautiful female was, I must thank Oliver Stone for some of those sex well, tips. You didn't call me the next day, but thank you. That's great to hear. I, I didn't like call it. her the next I'm day either. I, 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 no one gets a call the next day. That's the Russell Brand policy. <laughs> <laughs> one night only. Yeah, I'll call it a karmic contribution. Thank you very much, though, for that karmic contribution because it really, really helped me out and it was a, a lot of fun. Actually, I've been very nice to that young lady ever since then, as I am a spiritual man. Now, <laughs> Oliver. But you're here uh, because your film W opened up at the uh, London Film Festival. That's correct. Are you happy with it? Very. Well, what I, would trouble me if I were you is that you've made George W. Bush seem like a right, lovable, rogue oh. scamp. I might want to give him a big cuddle after oh, it. Oh, rubbish. Rubbish. When, when oh, did your critical mind kick into the process? When did you start to wonder that? Well, oh, hold on. I just watched the film, right? I got right. there admittedly a bit late because right. I've been to the oh, secret you didn't, life. You've the beginning. No, I, run, I arrived for you to do, saw you doing your speech, actually. Right. I got there a little bit late. Uh, I was sat behind some quite attractive girls. I was distracted <laughs> by that for a little while. Then I thought, no, come on, focus, focus now. And then I did focus. And uh, But what I will say is that you made uh, George W. Bush come across like he might be a right laugh to hang around with and quite spirited. He comes across like, oh, he's just trying his hardest to get through life. No, you know, George Bush has got elected twice. Mm. He has 40 plus million people voted for each time. He did have, a, he does have a John Wayne. I don't know if you remember that actor. But yes. John Wayne quality. I mean, John Wayne wanted to nuke Hanoi. But when he was on the screen, there was something kind of awkward and stick to it cowboy about him. People liked him in America because he never admitted he was wrong. Right. And I think Bush hits a note with the people. I think he has a certain charm. People who know him always say that he, he has reread's body language. He's a politician. You know, mm. he, he's not an intellectually curious guy. He, he certainly wouldn't be in this radio show. But you no, know he what wouldn't I'm like saying. it on here. I don't think so. No. But I think the guy is. Uh, <laughs> we have asked him to connected with the American rude. public uh, by having all these fucked up languages. Uh, sorry for uh, all of this language. Oliver, oh, you're not I'm meant sorry. to swear yeah, because he does speak. screw up the language, as you know, and he's part of his charm. Anyway, what I think he reacted to was the, the fact that he wasn't an evil bloke and I think you were looking to make it right, I think malevolent. you were looking for a hatchet job no, I wasn't looking for a hatchet job. I don't go to the cinema for, and now for a hatchet job. I no, just no, want to Bush, watch a nice Bush film. hangs himself. Bush hangs himself in the movie. The thing is, Josh Brolin, who plays him, he's uh, lovely. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Yeah, really uh, gives him. I, I, there's no question the benefit of the doubt. He's a, probably a better looking man than George Bush. Yeah. and frankly, he is charismatic and charming. But all the actions in this movie are based on things, events that happened, yeah. except for one dream scene. Everything is catalogued and on a website, by the way. Are they? Yeah. Um, oh, right, so I was wondering how much of that was speculative. Absolutely. Like, I, I know it's documented that they end their, sort of their meetings with prayers and that. That was pretty bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on. I mean, it's an amazing story, Russell. I, you know, you're a little bit jaded in English and all that, but you take... I'm not jaded. You, you guys laugh I'm at Bush, vibrant. but you have... 
when you look back at, at about 2040, when you're my age and you look back at this era, you are going to say Bush was bigger than we thought. He was the movie star. Love him or hate him, the guy mm -hmm. had a huge impact on the world, you and I know. You talk about revolution. He was a, a conservative revolution in America, the equivalent, I suppose, of Maggie Thatcher over here. In which respect? What, what, what was revolutionary well, about Well, I'd say he went beyond Maggie Th Revolutionary in the sense that we started three wars, war on terror, <laughs> Afghanistan, Iraq, in the sense that he went against the meaning of the Constitution. He accumulated executive power to a degree where he became King George IV, in many mm. people's opinion. He, he was mad, he, wasn't he, Oliver? I got that he's reference. Got, he's got torture camps, he's got detention camps, he's got rendition, he's put eavesdrops on the American public without the authorization of Congress. He has no respect for Congress. My mum said... Amazing. Uh, you know, nowhere, I mean, 2000 to 2008 has been, in my lifetime, um, uh, 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 he's pushed every extremist button hmm. and really put us in a hole, I think a nightmare, which your, our friend uh, Mr. Obama is going to have a hard time recovering from. What are we going to do, Oliver, about this terrible situation? I don't mean to depress you, Oliver. Don't, you don't depress me. I'm just looking at you. You've got your yellow neckerchief there. That's enough to keep me upbeat, plus your very <laughs> presence. You. Plus, I like your... Uh, you seem like a lovely patriarch to me. It's, <laughs> I'm fighting every impulse in my body to leap all over your lap. Now, I've got some... Like, I thought that film W was brilliant, but... I, <clears throat> what oh, I'm saying do. is that you it, said something positive, but you yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I thought oh, it was brilliant. I didn't say that. Okay. No, no, it's excellent. I really, really enjoyed it. It was good. I was a bit worried because I thought, oh, what if it's like too dense or something? Well, but some I really, I enjoyed stuff. it throughout the Some good bits. I like it when he's at them early kicker parties. She was educated at the same institution as George W. Bush, right? Yale or whatever. You went there, didn't you? And what, Yale. Oh, uh, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> I did go to Yale at the same time, but I left. Did you it's hang around with George It's George a party Bush? institution. Huh? Uh, it was a party institution. Is that what it was for, really? Just for hanging around, partying, no, goofing party, off? No, party. P-O-T-T-Y. That's Potty. nuts, you know. Oh, right. Balmy. Insane <laughs> in the membrane. Oh, I get you. I get you. I understand you. Loud and clear. I think we're speaking the same language. So, uh, yeah. So, did you, ever, did you ever come across him at Yale? Did you ever see him about? No, but I know the type. He was a fraternity boy. He was sort of a throwback to the 50s. Throwback to the... Right. Yeah. Uh, Privileged and that and not really thinking very entitled, much. Yeah. No, the Bush family was huge. It's a dynasty. Like the Kennedy family. Mm. He's the kind of guy who has 120 cousins all over the state. He, call, he can call anybody in Texas. You know, his father was a big shot. He, right. A real big shot. Right. Uh, the son never never worked a day, really. He wasn't successful at anything until he was about 40 years old. Then, that baseball Are you 40 team. yet? No, bloody well ain't, mate. I'm in my prime. Uh, Look I, at me. Look at the pelvic movement, Oliver. Uh, I'm barely 16. <laughs> Well, at 30, that's true. At 30, men, men trying to shape themselves. And at 40, Bush was really lost. You know, he had not lived up to his father's uh, money. Uh, he, he had failed at business, failed at politics, failed at sports, failed in academics. And his father was a jet pilot in World War II, and he himself was thrown out of the National Guard practically. So he, he didn't was draft, a complete Dodge. failure. He just sneaked off out of the no, draft. No, he served in the National Guard in Texas. It's a, it's a disgrace. Dan Rather got fired about it. Well, that investigation has been stymied by the Bush family, but it was an ugly story. They mustn't stymie these investigations. In a minute, I'm going to talk to you about all sorts of conspiracy theories. But firstly, now, Oliver, now that we have promoted this film, which I wholeheartedly say is a brilliant bit. Of <laughs> Go and see W, you mad fools. What are you doing? Why are you even listening to the radio show? Run out of your house. Go into the cinema. Drag a ticket from out of the sweaty palm of the cashier. Punch him in the throat and say, one for W. And then, you know, then kiss him, for God's sake. Make it up. Right? Go and see W. It's a good film. We, we have a duty to change the world, don't 
don't we? Living history. W is released on the 7th of November. You can't go and see it now. Get back in your house. Listen to the radio show. Don't punch that cashier in the throat. I've made a terrible mistake. And not for the first time. So get back in your house, you lunatics. Now, Oliver, now that we've promoted W, which I believe to be a very, very great film among your best. And you are a very fine Thank filmmaker, you. if I may say so. From you. Yeah, it is. I'm quite a big fella. Now, Oliver, is it true that you just sat down one night and wrote the brilliant film Midnight Express, What Got an Oscar? Is that true? My agent in Hollywood, Adam Venett, said he used to look after you. He was an assistant of someone looked after you. He said you sat down one night and wrote Midnight Express. No, it took true? six weeks for the first draft, and I did it in London. And I, in, in the winter shoddy. of 77, I had a lovely... <laughs> six weeks! What a waste! <laughs> I thought you'd written it in one day. Ain't you ever written no Oscar-winning films in one day? How long did Scarface take to write? Uh, about six months. Very, very lazy. <laughs> well, Scarface... I, mm. But I was on coke in the time, <laughs> so it went faster. Yeah, I bet it flew by. <laughs> That's an interesting character study. That. Are you happy with Al Pacino's performance in the movie Scarface? I love it. I think people have talked... It's become, you know, street legend. Yeah, yeah, uh, people have... Yeah. It's very popular. I don't know if you're aware. I, what, I've what, heard. What work of yours are you most uh, proud of? Uh, frankly, uh, I love... Uh, you know, hey, come on, it's a process. I'm getting there. I think W was right up there with some of the. You saying that because it's out of the picture? Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, you, you talk about revolution. I do. And, uh, you know, I'll Beatles used to, to talk about, you know, compassion too. Mm. And uh, I think, you know, you can criticize Bush, make fun of him, and we, and we underestimated him for a long time in Europe, mm. especially. In eight years, he ended up being very important. And, you know, I think what I'm trying to say is if you, if you just drop the. Uh, uh, the uh, obloquy, if you, if, uh, the contempt, and you and you try to understand what he did and how he got elected, understand how he got there, uh, walk in his path, which is a form of com it is compassion. Mm -hmm. It isn't. It is not sympathy. It is empathy. If you do that, you arrive at, a, at another place. You get moved beyond. I hated him for several years because yeah. of the, the Iraq War. I was a Vietnam veteran, as you know. Yes. And I did three movies, and it didn't do much good. But I honestly moved past the hatred. So to what? How is that more help, how helpful? What happens is that you understand this guy, and that, you know when you under, you don't think you're going to have compassion for him because he you don't like him, but mm. you understand why he thinks the way he does, what he suffered with his father, what he overcame, and his desire to be a warmonger to identify. Once you understand all these things, you say, "Hey, next time this comes along in whatever form, I'm mm. going to be a little smarter about." looking for the behavioral instincts that I can avoid in a president. You don't want to have beer, a beer with a president or go bowling with a president. He doesn't need to be a common man. Right. He's a very American. Don't fall for that. Oh, he's a folksy, like, lovely no. bloke. Put your arm around no, him. No. You want an administrator and someone with a vision, a visionary, right. not someone who's a bit knee-jerk with the old wars on account of, like, sort of Oedipal issues about their dad. The compassion moves even beyond... I mean, after you move past him, you can say, yeah, but I feel more compassion for our country because... We, the joke is on us. Yeah. You understand? I know, with them bloody wars, all that it's, hullabaloo. Uh, what about a, 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 a trillion dollars? Do you have any ex a concept of what a trillion dollars is like? Not really. I mean, it's, I earn good money. A, but I mean, it's, it's still. A, what is it? A thousand million, right? Right. That's a lot, isn't it? In anybody's Every language. Every year goes to the Pentagon. They can't even account for most of it. They, they don't, can't even account for it. Because if someone gave me a trillion dollars, I'd go, well, mostly it was hookers and hot tubs. <laughs> no, no, which it you wouldn't be. You cannot. You get tired of it. Of course you would. What eventually. is it with hot tubs in you? I'm just curious. I just like them. I've got a hot tub. I'm a bit of revist. I've got a nice hot tub. 
in there. I like to get in there. You mean arrivist? Arrivist, yeah, right, in the proper accent, yeah. But like, you know, I like it. I like hot tubs. It's a phase, you know. I'll grab it, won't I? Once the revolution comes, I can't very well see in a hot tub saying, right, okay, right, we want absolute equality now. You there! Put this snorkel on! Have you ever tried naked speed skating? No, have you, Oliver? Because it sounds very risky. I'm way ahead of you, man. <laughs> no, you certainly when are. There's I was no doing doubt the about doors that. when you were in the cradle. If you fall over, <laughs> no, I don't doubt it. But if you fall over naked speed skating, someone could whiz by. You could get castrated. It could be an awful business. Now, yeah, Oliver Stone. Sex is a risk. There is. We must consider these things. Oliver Stone. There are certain parallels between you and I, which I now plan to exploit to make you like me. Your father <laughs> took you to a prostitute to lose your virginity. As did mine. He was a bit late, I'd already lost it, but nonetheless, the whole bloody thing happened. What a caper. How old was you? What did you make of it? Has it made you a bit uh, strange? I grew up in a different culture than you, you know, uh, a bald boys culture, uh, New York, America, 1950s, 60s, there was no women, mm. sex, was <laughs> there must have been sex was not allowed, in. I went to private school, so it was different, oh, right. and dad, uh, you know, saw that I was very frustrated around 16, I was mm. very late, probably by your standards, mm. and you know, he, he did, I think he was very sweet and generous to do that, and he, it was and all right, he then. and I remember that woman, to, to this day, I remember... Her look, her her smile, and the mm. smell of her body, and it's very funny. That first time is, as you know, is amazing. Yeah. Did you fall in love with her a little bit? No, I came right away. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> Took me a little while to uh, get an erection, of course, on account of the nerves. And my dad was there as well. That that was off-putting. Well, my dad was great. Did, was your dad there also? No, with no, he wasn't there. He left the apartment discreetly. Oh, my dad was still there during the whole crazy <laughs> affair. It very much put me off losing my virginity, and then I did fall in love with her a little bit on accounts of the intimacy and the unfamiliarity of it all and the magnetism and pagan potency of females. Do you not sometimes think, Oliver, when a woman's having an orgasm, my God, they've got access to this unknowable force from the totally. cosmos. Oh, you're absolutely correct. It's frightening a little bit, isn't it? No, it's incredibly moist. What, embrace that? <laughs> <laughs> it's emotional, did you say? It's a volcanic eruption mm. of moisture and tropic uh, garden of Eden to me. Oh, blimey, that's right, a film about it. <laughs> I like those orgasms as well, but I must say that I think that the root of misogyny may be in uh, women's easy access to a kind of an earthly potency that we as men do not know. Like, you know, we can't uh, make babies out of our little gutty wats. We can't have these incredible, long-lasting, big-value oh, orgasms. Yeah. Might be a bit scary right. for us. That's why we I call agree. them witches I or think whatever. Woman is powerful Mother Earth figure. <clears throat> very Picasso, very Brock, very... I love that, Henry Moore. I agree. I think I would love to make love to some of those sculptures I see in those. Yeah, well, don't right ever here. do it, Oliver, because I did it once, and uh, I'm not allowed in the Natural History Museum anymore. So, There's nothing natural about that. That was one of our best dinosaurs. One of our dinosaurs is missing. I presume dead. Oliver, you have got a history with drugs. I have got a history with drugs. Tell us about history with drugs. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Why? I, it, it, frankly, it opened my mind. I took uh, psychedelics in the 60s mm -hmm. and uh, everything else since then. Uh, tried everything. I'm interested in unmediated experience. Very recently, I was talking to a Swami and I began to realise in a, a literal way, in a tangible way, that everything was energy. I was looking into his eyes and I could see complete non-attachment in this man. I realised I could see the vibrations of his face touching the vibrations of the air, touching the vibrations of the window, touching the vibrations of a tree outside. I realised absolute oneness. It was very frightening because it made me realise that my own identity was just an accumulation of ideas, none of which was real, and that there was no boundaries between me and otherness. It made me 
feel a bit scary because I thought, well, oh, my word, there's no such thing as the self, and I've gone all the trouble of buying these trousers. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Russell. Uh, mm. Did you want to be with him uh, for dinner? Well, not in a not that sort of way. I wasn't going to drag him into the octub. I don't. But there was a bit where I said to him, "Look, I said to him, uh, Maharaj, I believe that I can convey love through my sexuality. I'm no longer motored by lust, oh, yes. but by love. I can I can can spread love as well as STDs through sex." And uh, he, I was, he he said, uh, "He is trying to convert us." He said, "Like I was going to be able to convert a swami into sex." You're uh, a practitioner. You're a practitioner then of tantric sex, I presume. Well, I mean, it seems a bit tantric. Everyone goes away very happy. I don't know. I don't know what it is they're smiling about, but these girls are clicking their heels on the way down the street afterwards. No, really, I don't think that would satisfy most uh, average, uh, ordinary women. Tantric sex works for uh, highly uh, spiritual people, but it would not work for a British woman. <laughs> well, the British women are some of the most spiritual, sexy women. Oh, you yeah, know, they're lovely, the British. Oh, really? Of course they are. They don't mind that you don't come. Well, I don't know what they want, really. I mean, it's never come up. I mean, usually I, I do come. Would like the problem come. is to come here, want me to come a bit less, and a bit less indiscriminately. I think, <laughs> I think a true test of womanhood is the uh, workout. In other words, uh, if you do practice tantric sex, you yeah. can really get to the bottom line, which is oh, how yeah. long can she last? And she could get upset with you. Oliver, you think it goes on for an hour. <laughs> it is sex a marathon. It's not meant to be if a war. If you're going to practice this, I mean, you're the one. I mean, sometimes if you're capable, I mean, as you get older like me, you know, uh -huh. you're capable of lasting longer. When I was your age, I did have an issue of well. <clears throat> premature, uh, what do you call it, ejaculation. Don't shy away from the word ejaculation after uh, some of the filth you've come out with. A woman uh, can get very tired of, of it, you know. It's very exhausting for a woman to... Mm. to uh, yeah, to carry on. You know what I'm saying. Um, it's a, quite a challenge. It is a challenge, but I want mind learning a bit about this tantric uh, sex, Oliver. Well, you're the one who knows about it. You're, you're a tantric. Well, I'm doing something naturally just, that people seem well into, but I, I don't know if it's tantra. This might be a new thing that I've invented. Okay, I'll show you later. <laughs> what a lovely evening! And then we watched Oliver have tantric sex. How I wept. <laughs> lovely to watch, though. Uh, I had a... Uh, right, can we talk a little bit about uh, the doors a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I, as I told you, the first time I took LSD as a, as a child, I was I watched your film, The Doors. It, uh, it blew me mind. As a child. <laughs> yeah, I was 16. Very, and I very nearly didn't get my personality back. Could you tell us about uh, what uh, Jim Morrison and The Doors meant to you and what they represent to you? You know, they shook me up. It was, they rocked my world. I was in a soldier in Vietnam, and I heard them for the first time. That first album in 67, Break On Through, was, was legendary. Hmm. Every song was incredible. And they were what they called erotic politicians. They didn't fit into the rock, rock and roll scene at all, and they weren't quite black. So they fell in. They were their, they were their originals, and they had that organ, you know. The, yeah, and they still the, the the irony of the whole thing is that that music is still popular today. I mean, the the movie shot up the sales all over the world. The yeah. Doors became, but they were good anyway. And I'm glad they lasted because they were not appreciated as much at the time. But I think there was a lot of jealousy, and there was a lot of infighting. Really? You know, I did hear stories about various famous lock that hated the Doors because they were different. And I, Morrison was his own man. I think he was one of the, a poet more than a rock star. He hated yeah. the rock star thing after a while. He got fat and let the beard grow. And be, But he was loved writing. He always wrote. American yeah. Poetry is a beautiful album. I urge those who like him to listen to that album because he did it towards the end of his life. So this, all this bullshit about Morrison so degenerating is really mythology. He really... Some of that last album, L.A. Woman, and the American poetry indicate that he was, in some ways, at the peak of his creative powers. That could have gone on. Yeah, right, it was some of his greatest work. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's not just the early stuff. The tip, they think the typical story, he falls off, dies of drugs. I don't, I don't see it that way at all. No, right. You think he continued he, to improve? I think his death is what... He, he ended up divorcing himself to a large degree from the, from the group. Mm. to explore his own uh, Rambeau-like journey that he called it. Mm. In fact, I wrote a screenplay called Break as a young student at NYU. I sent it to him. I loved him at that time. And oh, yeah. it became, the Break became the basis of Platoon. When I made the Doors movie uh, 20-some years later, he was, had died in 1973. I made the movie at 80, in 91. I swear to you, a woman knocked on the door, came in. She had a re recommendation. She said, I'm the wife of Bill Siddons, who was his manager. She said, Bill went to Paris to pick up the body. Yeah. And uh, he, he took the possessions, and he wanted you to have this. And she put out, brought out the script I had sent him, wow, which was in it. his apartment in Paris. And he was reading it, apparently, because it was, had a mark on it when he died. It's, I hope you weren't reading that in the bath. You probably pushed him over the edge. No, what no, happened no. in that screenplay, Oliver? Oh, uh, no! That, that screenplay became, in, uh, in other versions, in variations of Platoon. Oh, wow. My words, you've lived a hell of a life, haven't you? Why don't we listen to a record? Main thing I didn't even get round to was that when we met, you said I was a bit like Jim Morrison. I <laughs> did say that. Ta-da! It's on the radio now. No one can take that back. That's out there. You're listening to The Russell Brand Show. Oliver Stone has just said, I'm a bit like Jim Morrison. That's right. Read in weep, suckers. Simon Amstel has resumed his place where Oliver Stone was sat moments ago. Did you enjoy Oliver Stone's... He just got up and, and went at the, uh, the, 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 the junction where the song came on. just... Oh, okay. And then he went off. And we made some plans to meet up another day. He's drifted off. Hope you're enjoying the show. Um, Oliver Stone, he's apparently he's drifted in the corridors. He's probably looking for a conspiracy. He's, up to, he's doing something tantric in a corridor, most likely. He's hunted down Kelly Brook. He's got her on some tantric tent peg of his own devising. Simon, what did you make of the interview? I quite liked it. It was very interesting because he didn't intense. seem to make eye contact with you for about five minutes. I can see you sort of trying to jump around him to get some attention. It's like, what about, what about all? Orgasms. <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. And then he's, he came round. He eventually started looking at you like an actual human. Oliver Stone, of course, is a man that keeps his own counsel. Some Johnny Come Lately, Russell Brand style character is not something that Oliver Stone will count out to. Once you've written the old Midnight Express, Scarface, directed Platoon, at The Doors, mm. JFK, and that. Perhaps Big Brother's Big Mouth seems less innovative. Who's to say? But it was great, that Big Mouth program. Wasn't you it? Know, it I was mean, great. Changed the world in its way. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that reality TV spin off shows have never been the same since. <laughs> that was Oliver Stone. A fantastic uh, uh, interview for me that shows that the Russell Brand Show can incorporate someone shouting. F off down Manuel's answer phone <laughs> as well as one of the greatest filmmakers of all time talking seriously about tantric sex. What a broad remit. And to summarise this madness, we have England's finest poet, it's Mr G. This poem is called Where's Your Head At? Yeah, where is it? If only a needle to the brain could alleviate the pain. Sometimes a seizure creates believers who are seen to be but a stone's throw away. Happiness escapes once flatulence prevails, be it Simon strolling or exposing all the holes in the mail. Life forms its own mystery, visiting the bee's secret history, leaving this world holistically dizzy linguistically. Let's talk radio. Expressions of midnight are made to go, from even electing a persona non grata fulfilled our macho ratio. There he goes! Up. See, he mentions all the things that happen across the radio show. He sums them up quite brilliantly. Holes in the mail? Holes in the mail. Like when you're talking about the Daily Mail. Oh, right. I, thought see? Meant, Listen, I thought he meant anuses. I focus. Didn't, I didn't know. No, that's because you're like, ever since you've become promiscuous, like what I am. Not you think like well, you are, not well, to no, your scale. Of course but not. Just maybe once, once a fortnight. Once a fortnight is too much for you and the, for the poor sods out there that have to put up with your spindly ruts. They like my cat. 
<laughs> of course they like the cat. It's a distraction from you. Now, you're gorgeous. I tell you what, if I Thanks. wasn't so yeah, heterosexual, yeah. God. I'd be all... all if I wasn't of... so picky. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, Simon Amstel, my actual friend, saying that to me and my feelings. Well, we didn't have time for our regular items, like gay or jingle race war. What's it good for? Shame, really, because, uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever harped on about it. Kelly Brook available yet? Kelly Brook uh, has sent a message. Russell, I find you, Oliver Stone and Simon Amstel, <laughs> too fey, too way-faced and weak mm. to warrant a contribution from me. Clear off. There yeah. you go. She's put it plainly. I like, But Kelly Brook, she's lovely. I've met her a couple of times. She's, she doesn't make you think, well, I'd change for her, perhaps for an hour. What happened last time I said Dita Von Tees was the lady you were trying to seduce? Anything happened there? Well, actually, too, she just never rang again. Oh. You know, just like, so I get excited about things and I just sort of think, well, that was then. I've moved on. Oh. You know, like Dita Von Tees, very lovely woman. If I meet her again, perhaps I was, you know. But really, to tell the truth, I'm so in love with them. My mate Carl says you're in. He goes, you're in love with the idea of polygamy and promiscuity. It's mm. like that. You're faithful to that idea. It's like you know. It's like your girlfriend is in fact a thousand women. And if that, that if that one of that thousand women's not with you, you miss them. You feel lonely. You're calling them. You're faithful to them. Dedicated to polygamy and promiscuity. So you know that's my mate Carl's views. So what's the future? The future, my darling, is an unknowable quantum entity that we can one day own with our brilliance. And we shall pop it in our pockets with a bit of help from Oliver Stone and all our pals, all the wonderful guests we've had this week. The future for me, I want children and I want a revolution. I'm going to get this island. We're all going to live in it. It's going to be great. I'm going to need you to help. But first of all, you're going to have to stop popping pop styles bubbles and just get on with trying to bloody well overthrow the government with me and Oliver Stone. Really? The government? Yeah, the bloody government. Have they got a single out? I don't know if I can do it if they haven't got well, a single out. Well, yes, they have in a way. And that single is called Keeping Us Spellbound, the manufacturer <laughs> of consent. They're keeping us all Afters hat pins they are. Oh, We've got to catchy. do something about it. Of course yeah. it's catchy. Oh, God. Of course, you've under a lot of pressure, you and me, Si. What a show it's been, though. Great show. Think of some of our guests. Dizzy Rascal, oh. he was in here. Wasn't oh. he lovely? Yeah, lovely. I like his voice, actually. Even when he's talking, he's sort of, he's got a nice quality to it. I'd like to hear him popping chewing gum. I'd like to hear him shouting at a taxi. He's got something about him, that dizzy rascal. Plus, he seemed impressed with my freestyling. Didn't he? Yeah, he certainly nodded. Yes, he nodded with what I took to be joy and approval. And also, who else did you have on the show? Oh, you didn't have Kelly Brook. Mate, Ricky, Stone, Kelly Brook never about. turned up. Oliver Stone was here, raising the bar for all of us. Very much the forefather of revolution in, uh, in pop cultural terms. And what have you got coming up next week, Russell? David Walliams! Oh. David Walliams! He's the co-host, he's the co-host. David Walliams, he'll be, he's interesting. Yeah, I have an interesting friendship with him. I, I love him very much. He'll, he'll, like, he's, in a way like you, always wants to derail me and unsettle me. You've been very good at not derailing me this week. Thanks, I appreciate that. Did I, I didn't derail you last time, did I? Yeah, he kept saying things like, you're the, oh, you, Russell, are a representative of the system. You're like Goebbels. Oh. Things like that. Do you remember? Did I say that you, you said like that I was like you are a Goebbels. Bit like Goebbels. I know, uh, look, I like Goebbels and yeah. am like Goebbels. That's two things I say about Goebbels. Nah, no, I'm not into him at all. For <laughs> <laughs> He's an idiot, to, to truth be known. So, but yeah, next week, David Wallims will be doing the show. Don't know if it's going to be live or not. I'm off over to Los Angeles, do a lot of good, stuff over good. there. What you got coming up? More buzz nothing, cockery? Nothing, just television. Oh. Just television. Well, do you know what? There's people out there, they'd love to present buzzcocks. Yeah. Do you remember that? They could have chose, remember before you got it, they had loads of people had to go. You was the one they chose, weren't you? Please, Lauren Laverne had to go. Who else had to go? All different ones. They picked you. 
Yeah. You should be happy. I sound like my mum, who's yes. now the only person who texts me after each show. Nobody, I don't even know if anyone watches it anymore. People watch it. People like it. When you come on this radio show, look, there's this email here. Go on. Ain't Simon Axtell nice? Thank God he's on the show with you. I'd give anything, literally anything, he's to have holding a, a back paper. baby with him. A back baby people want with you. Oh, Isn't that, that lovely? Look, here's this thing here. Oh, look. All right, was it time to wrap up the show for the newsy poos? Right, Simon, thank you for co-hosting the show with me. You've been fantastic. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks all of you for listening. What a good show it's been. It's been a bit mad, hasn't it? But that's life for you. Soon it was we'll good. Good, wasn't it? Soon we'll all be dead down the drain. What about them? That's going to be an awful time for all of us. Okay, stick with us. We love you. Stay on Radio 2 if you want to do what you like. Uh, Simon, actually, will you take us out of the show by reading out this thing for us, dear? The Russell Brand Show is a vanity project for the BBC online on digital and on 8891 FM. This the is Radio 2 um, from the BBC. Yeah, yeah.